It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the coveted jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you, yes, you, Taylor, in the center of the action by giving you a free shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at one at the $1 million top prize when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, then this, this is the time. It's easy to play. You pick six golfers, you stay under the salary cap, you submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning, then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the scoreboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. That's money. Money be green. Wow. man once said. Rack up points for pars, birdie, finishing position, and more. So even though you might not be able to hit the course with the pros, you're probably not good enough or handsome enough, but we still believe in you. And DraftKings is going to give you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. So you know what? Now you got that itch. How are you going to scratch it? Well, let me tell you. You're going to go and download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during signup. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at $1 million top prize. That's a quite the top prize for $1 million. So that's code. What's that? It's a good amount of money. It's You're damn right it is. And that is code THPN for those interested. And you can get a free shot at that $1 million top prize only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, the Sabres are now 2-0-2 in their last four. The Stanley Cup chatter now is back on. The Sabres are back on the scene. How do you feel? You know, I'm a little tired, honestly. (laughs) It's getting pretty late. No, uh, so it's interesting they look pretty good. This isn't just uh, just running into good luck or like having to win eventually. Like they, they do look like a different team in these past few games. I thought when Granado came in, they didn't really look all that different at all, frankly. Uh, and they're still dealing with a ton of injuries, even more injuries than when he first got there. However, they look good. They're not getting annihilated at even strength. They're scoring some goals. They want a shootout and the goaltending has improved. I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, which part of that you want to attack first, but uh, what do you, what do you think? Well, I think we should definitely start off by talking about Allmark and how well he's been playing. I mean, you know, you had tweeted this out from our account, I believe uh, over the weekend, but it is a miracle that Linus Allmark is above 500 for the Sabres this season, this team. I mean, they've shown time and time again, just how, poorly they've performed compared to the expectations that we had. And even though we didn't have the highest of expectations, nobody thought that they would be as bad as they've clearly shown themselves to be this season. But within that, we had a very extended stretch of no Linus Allmark due to an injury. And with how well he has played, it is fair to ask, I would say at least, if the streak would still be happening if he was still injured right now. Uh, I think he's been that good and that impactful for them. Um, You know, they started to 
they, they had a couple games that they squeaked it out. You know, they had the overtime loss, um, a couple of overtime losses recently, but it's just been a noticeable difference with Allmark and Nat. He just is just so much better than the other three options that they have on the table right now. Four of, you know, four, if you want to include Johansson now that he's gone. Um, and we had talked about it last week where, you know, the gap between Allmark and then Hutton, Hauser, and Tokarski is pretty significant in terms of just overall talent. But What's even, I mean, the best part about it is that, you know, with Allmark, we've been saying like all we really need from him is to be average because average goaltending is pretty solid in, in, in today's NHL. As long as you're not like noticeably bad, you could get by theoretically with average goaltending. And Allmark has been that and then some. Um, so I've been really happy with having him back. I think that it just, again, it, it keeps them in games. It prevents them from you know, these squeakers that Hutton lets in. I will give credit where it's due, though, that Tokarski really did look good in his last start. Um, who the heck was that against? Uh, was that Boston? Was it? It might have been. Yeah. I mean, I thought he looked really good then. Um, but He did, yeah. Allmark, though, it's a completely different animal, and I think that he is a huge reason why they have been playing so well as of late, getting him back and healthy. What, what about you? What do you have to make of him in his play yeah. lately? Yeah, absolutely. Just like to reference what I what I did say on Twitter is that he's seven five and three now, and the rest of the goalies still only have one win. That was a Carter Hutton win, I think, in January. So they didn't win the whole time he was gone. His entire injury, they it was it was pretty much the entire losing streak. Now I think they'd already lost maybe one or two in a row by the time he got hurt. But like, yeah, like you said, he's not like playing like Hashik or anything like that. He's doing a pretty good job. He's playing better than he ever has before. But they do, in spite of the injuries and in spite of how poor they've played, they do have a pretty good defensive structure still. So, like, they don't allow too many great chances. So, like, you would expect, hopefully, a goalie to be a little bit better than league average save percentage, which he is right now. The other guys, I mean, it has to be the worst collection of goalies in the NHL behind them. I think, yeah. Tokarski, Hauser, Johansson, Hutton, who is getting paid multiple millions of dollars in the third year of his deal. Just, it's awful. And I think even if a bunch of other things didn't go wrong, that was enough by itself to sink the season. And we've talked about that a million times. Like, Hutton was always going to have to play a bunch of games. He had to. Now he's hurt, obviously, but there's never any circumstances. This isn't going to be like Ryan Miller in 08 playing 70 something games. You're not going to be able to play 50 56. So, the, the, the goaltending, the, the difference between Allmark and, and the rest of them is like immense, even though, like I said, I don't think he's like a fantastic goalie, but he's playing very well right now. Now, on top of that, they are scoring a little bit more, and there's some guys who I think look interesting. I think Casey, Casey Middlestat's one of those guys we dumped on him a lot heading into this year, and I think he's at least turning himself into like a viable NHL player, even if he'll always be a disappointment for a top 10 pick. There's other guys like Tage, still not, I'm not in love with Tage still, but he looks like he's a guy you can play without embarrassing yourself. Obviously, Eakin is still awful. Oposo looks significantly better than he did uh, earlier in the year. He Maybe he worked himself into better shape and he's healthier. But he's like on a point streak, isn't he now? Mm-hmm. Which I, is legitimately insane. Uh, I still he's been one of their top Skinner point scorers at five on five over the past, I think, 10 games. It's like him, Montour, and Reinhardt. It's absurd. So, yeah, what a weird collection, too. I mean, Montour, I think, is worth talking about also. But before we get to that, I do want to just make a point on Casey because I had tweeted about him 
uh, late last week or like over the weekend that I'm at the point right now where I think, you know, of course we have to see how the remaining 20 games go, but I feel good about penciling Casey into the lineup for next year, assuming that a trade doesn't happen. If a trade comes along where, you know, if he's kind of building up some of his value again and you can use him as a sweetener and like a bigger deal, then I'm completely fine with that. I don't want to get, you know, I'm not trying to say that he's somebody who we need to have next year, but assuming that they want to keep him around and he's a part of the plan, I would be very, very, very okay with having him in the lineup for one really big reason, which is I feel like, and I don't know if you've noticed this too, but I think the biggest difference in his game from last year to this season is his skating in that one, his foot speed looks a lot better. It looks like his acceleration definitely has taken a jump as compared to the first couple of years of his career. And the thing with him is that he has so much talent when it comes to like his stick handling ability and just having the puck on his stick that it, he, he needed to have that extra additional burst of speed because it wasn't enough the past couple of years to compensate for, you know, maybe the other th- like deficiencies that he has in his game, but him and his increased foot speed. And with that, I think also he seems just like from a conditioning perspective to be in a lot better shape. So just in general, all around, I think the improvements with his skating have changed everything for him and have allowed him to play a way more complete game and be a lot more effective with the things that make him so talented to begin with. You know, I'm, I'm now very curious now that it kind of seems like he had added this very important thing, which was maybe the biggest deficiency in his game, which again, his skating with improving that I'm very curious to see now what's going to happen next year. Because when you look at our other recent underperforming first round forward, who was taken right before him, Alex Nylander, the biggest thing with him too, was it was footwork and conditioning where it just seemed like he couldn't keep up. And he had a lot of really raw talent when it came to having the puck on his stick and being an offensive threat. But again, if you don't have the speed and you can't utilize that through the neutral zone with the puck on your stick, then what are you going to do? You just have defensemen can press up on you and just cause a turnover pretty much immediately, which is what a lot of what we were sawing out of Casey last year, where he just looked overwhelmed. He looked like he couldn't keep up and physically, you know, again, like if you don't have the speed to be able to compensate for the fact that you're a small guy and you don't have the strength of some of the other defensemen that you're going up against, then that's going to hurt you a lot. But he's added that. And I think it's made uh, all the difference for him. And so, you know, while he maybe isn't going to be, you know, eighth overall pick good, if he is like a solid third liner for us next year, who again is on a cost effective deal, um, he's young. We have his RFA rights still, and you again have the option of potentially using him as an asset and a package for a trade. Then that's great. And I think that, you know, one of the nice thing that things that has come out of this year is really him seemingly turning his value around a little bit. I don't know if league wide, but I at least think within the organization, he's really turned his fortunes around. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. It's, it's a, it's one little bright spot of a, of good news in this, pretty hellish season uh another another interesting thing i think with this uh these past few games is henry okiharu looking pretty solid again which is good news him and delian are playing together uh he did not have a good start to the year and that was kind of overshadowed because of a million other things going on including how poorly delian was playing uh but that's another guy someone you be kind of you need one of the, someone with some of these defensemen to be good i mean you're probably losing jake mccabe who knows with montour maybe he gets traded who knows it, it's just good it's good to have someone Dalene can play with and someone playing well and that trade's looking better again 
Can we also say just, and I think this is more of an overarching point, but what a reflection of how bad Ralph Kruger is of a coach that it just seems like so much more of these guys can breathe a little bit and play much more of like a free flowing game. You know, we mentioned him before, but like on top of Yoki Haru, who I completely agree, seems like remade and Darlene too, which we could talk about him a little bit more. I mean, he looks a lot more like his old self, but Brandon Montour, while you know, he's not blowing the doors off. This looks a lot more like the guy who we wanted to trade for way back when than what we had seen under Ralph Kruger. I mean, Montour, he's utilizing his skating in, you know, that's one of his biggest strengths is his, his, his skating and also his like transition play as well. And I feel like we're starting to see that a lot more. And I feel good about him with the puck on his stick the past few games when he's bringing the puck up ice and again through the neutral zone, which that's another thing I really more than just Montour. I mean, that's like a lot of guys I've noticed have felt a lot more comfortable aggressively skating the puck through the neutral zone and into the attacking zone and not just opting for a dump and chase situation where you have guys who are carrying it over the blue line and retaining possession in the zone and not just putting it up for like a 50, 50 chance with a dump in, which is ideally what you want to see. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, I'm, I'm curious for your thoughts, Taylor. One where you are at right now with how you're feeling with Montour's game. And then too, have you noticed that also that it just seems like their transition and neutral zone game has, has been vastly improved as of late. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. I, I wonder if there's anyone like the kind of people that like pay very close attention, track this kind of stuff to see if there's any kind of breakdown that comes out, some kind of article just to, just to note what the differences are between this and what they were doing before. Obviously what they were doing before was a disaster and it, it manifested itself in never really being an offense that threatened uh, to score. And some of that was luck, but a lot of that was the way they played. Uh, now with Montour specifically, I'd like to trade him. Yeah. Agreed. And this is good value. I don't think he's good. Like he's obviously better than he was under Kruger. That was not a good fit at all, but he's not good. Mm-mm. It's a disaster when he plays with Ristolainen. And maybe someone values him enough still to give you something decent in return. I mean, if I'm not wrong, he's a UFA, right? He is. Or no, so I think I'd they absolutely... have his RFA rights for one more year. Well, that's good. That would enhance the trade. Yeah. Definitely. So they could trade him in the off season too. Yeah. Whatever. Trade him at the deadline or the off season, whenever you can get a good deal. And I don't know if you want to move on to this, but I would like to trade Taylor Hall. Yeah. I mean, of course, of course. I think that Kruger's one point I do want to make before we get into that, it does tie into that, but you re I mean, granted, I guess a better time would have been like a year ago or something, but at least relative to what the situation is right now, you couldn't have picked a better time to fire Kruger because it is at least giving you enough time to do what's happening right now, which is potentially, you know, turn the favors of, of, of some of the guys who have been on the team and who've been struggling ahead of the trade deadline. You know, I'd be curious to see how Eric Stahl would be playing these days if he was still with the Sabres, but like looking at a guy like Montour is a perfect example of, he is absolutely a trade target. And I think that as we get closer to the deadline, the desperation for bringing on a defenseman is going to raise more and more. I mean, every single deadline, there's always a team who's looking to fill in a hole at D. So if, with Kruger's firing now being a few weeks out, it is giving them the flexibility and enough time for guys to be able to start to look a little bit better. And then that way that's going to at least, you know, increase their trade value because it's going to say, all right, well, these guys clearly were just being underutilized due to a shitty coach. So 
you know, now that we're seeing that they actually can be competent, even if the team is still bad, maybe if we can get them in, in the right situation, then they can really excel. And I think, again, starting to, you know, see the, the sunlight through the cracks with Montour as a kind of a perfect example of that. But as far as Taylor Hall goes, I mean, yeah, I've been with you on that for a bit now that I'm fine on him. Like if they maybe want to revisit it in the off season and see if you'd want to come back, I doubt that that would be that kind of a situation with him, but I'd be curious just because his number is going to be down for like what his AAV is going to end up being his, his, uh, his contract value per year. So it would intrigue me, I guess, to see, I mean, if he did have that interest, I cannot imagine that he would. So with that being said, hell yeah, we, we got to move them. And, you know, hopefully again, as we had talked about last episode, once we get closer to the deadline, if teams start to grow a little bit more desperate and then you have those middling teams who can't decide if they want to be buyers or sellers and they end up kind of staying put, maybe that helps you get a couple extra teams in on the hall sweepstakes. You drive up the price a little bit and you could come out, get away or walk away with a, with a solid piece. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. Like, to speak to the desperation point, uh, Washington gave up a third round pick from Mike Weber a few years mm-hmm. ago. Like teams will get desperate and they're, they're always looking to uh, shore up the defense. So and Montour is obviously better than Mike Weber and younger than he was at that point. So yeah, that's, that's something I think is pretty, it's something I would, I would like them to do. Now the Taylor Hall thing, honestly, I don't know what to make of that. There was a little while and there's those reports that he was interested in resigning at Buffalo. And I was like, great, because he, you know, he's not old. He's, he's a former MVP and he seemed like seemingly this season would knock down his price. So it'd be mm-hmm. cool to have him, you know, a real season with a healthy Eichel. Now I'm not interested at all. I, I bet he isn't either. Uh, but man, I don't, I'm not that impressed with him. I mean, he kind of drives offense. He has a good amount of assist. Not, not even that good. Of, he's an okay amount of assists. Uh, his finishing has been bad. And honestly, that is a multi-year trend, a three-year trend. It shouldn't be this bad. That's a little bit of bad luck, obviously, but he doesn't, not really that dangerous on offense. That's, that's at least part of it. And I mean, yeah, I know he thought he was going to play with Eichel and then Eichel was both either hurt in playing or hurt and out this entire year. But it's like, you're Taylor Hall. You're a former first overall pick. You're a former MVP. You should be able to create offense more than you do now. And he's not really that good in his own zone. So I'm not interested in he's, which is insane for me to say this. He's 29. I said he's not old earlier, but he isn't young either. So I'm not interested really in the long term at all. And I think he's depreciating in value, but he's also just getting worse every year. And I'm, I, 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 I've tweeted about it a lot of times. He, he doesn't score. He has two goddamn goals still. That's absurd. It's, I know his shooting percentage is low, but at some point you got to score. Like it's a 56 game season. You're not going to finish with two goals. I mean, he had 16 last year and almost a full season. That's not good. I don't even know what kind of deal he's going to be looking at now with wherever he signs, but yeah, obviously he'll be better outside of Buffalo like everyone is, but yeah, I'm, I do not, I don't want any part of that. I don't want him to walk away for nothing either. So hopefully uh, in the next eight days from when we're recording this, uh, someone uh, is willing to pony up for him. I think it's a guarantee that he gets traded. I think everybody, like no matter what happens, ultimately they are going to get something, whether we're happy with what that return is or not remains to be seen. But I agree. I think that when it comes to 
just his season this year. Yeah. He's just had like stupid bad luck when it comes to his current shooting percentage and only having two goals. I mean, it's ridiculous. And you know, how many times have we seen it where it's, you know, he's had several of the moments where he's in on breakaways and he loses control of the puck or he can finish. And next season, I'm sure that, you know, the error with his shooting percentage will get like corrected a bit more and he'll probably, you know, right now he's got to be shooting. God, what, maybe like one or 2%. Yeah. Um, it's a little I'm bit sure next year you'll probably see him get back up to, you know, in the eight to 12 range, I would assume. But with that being said, that, though, I, I don't, I don't think you're going to see him get to, 12. well, here's what I was going to say though. That's what I like. You could expect that. And I wouldn't be surprised by that, but it's also just as fair to wonder if, like the trend that we've been seeing that you had mentioned for the last few years is really starting to stick. And just he's his, his finishing ability is just diminishing. I think that that's absolutely fair. And I don't think that it's diminishing at as rapid of a rate as it is this season where like, he's going to be a two goals, two goals a year kind of guy or something like that. But I think it's really fair to wonder similar if we're being completely honest to Jeff Skinner, if we have to like ask, have they just lost their ability to finish and and be a dominant finisher? And if that's the case, then yeah, I mean that severely impacts your value as far as what a deal goes for him. I mean, I'd be surprised if he gets a long-term deal somewhere. I know that's what he wants, but if he does that, he's probably going to have to sacrifice some money. So like, he's not going to get anywhere near eight. I mean, maybe it's like four or five somewhere in that range, I guess. I don't know. It's just going to depend on, I guess, where he ends up and how he ends up playing out the rest of the season in his playoffs. But it'll, it'll certainly be interesting. I mean, I think we're, we're both in agreement here that ahead of this, this trade deadline, which, you know, as you had mentioned, what, eight days away now. So we're going to really, really start to dive into this over our next few episodes, but it's got to be a complete fire sale. Anybody and everybody you could get rid of with the exception of, you know, at this point, Eichel, Reinhardt, Darlene, I, I think it's worth ex- in cousins. It's probably worth exploring. Um, and, and, you know, I think looking ahead to, to the rest of the season, uh, there's a few things that I'm particularly going to be keeping an eye on. And I know you have some as well, but I'll start. One of the things that we had gotten a chance to talk about before our last episode, but we didn't get to dive in fully to it because we had just learned the news as we were recording is Sam Reinhardt's trial run at center. He has points in all three games that he has played at center. Most recently he centered Victor Olofsson and Kyle Opozo. And I know you had mentioned before that Opozo has been playing better lately and that's undeniable, but also those are two guys that at, at five on five are not good. And Sam is proving that having Olofsson and Opozo on his wing, that he could be a play driving center and yield successful results. And I think that the thing that I'm looking for the most Honestly, I mean, maybe you could say with just like how Darlene is going to be turning it around. But aside from that, the thing that I am most paying attention to the rest of the way is if they continue to play Sam Ryan hard at center because of what it could mean for next year's team. And more importantly, before we even get to that point, what it means for this upcoming offseason. Sam has been great. And I know that he's going to, it's going to take some time. He hasn't really been taking face-offs and his percentage wasn't great. I think he was at like 45% or something against the Rangers and he wasn't taking a ton of them, but 
that that can get better. He hasn't been asked to take them in years. And so you give him an off season of working on that and just seeing if over the last 20 games, he can continue to play a responsible two-way game while driving offense for his wingers. I mean, that is, I would even make the argument of saying it is aside from Darlene hitting his ceiling like next year and turning it around, that could be the most consequential move if Reinhardt is able to be productive for them in that spot, you know, for what could potentially come for next season. What about you? What are, first of all, thoughts on Reinhardt? And then if you want to take that into what are you most looking for the rest of the way? So like the, the Reinhardt one is kind of obvious, like he, he's good. And I think we all expected him to be pretty good at this. Like he seems like his natural center. He's been a center in the past. He's really good. He's got really responsible player. It's all the stuff we laid out last week. Of course he'd be good at this. Now it opens up an interesting avenue next year where you could potentially have Eichel, Reinhardt, and Cousins down the middle. Sure. The most important thing with Reinhardt, none of this matters unless they get him signed long-term. Yes. That's huge. You absolutely, if he wants to do another one-year deal, which would bring him to UFA in summer 2022, trade him, mm-hmm. which is hard pill to swallow, but we have no idea what's going on with that right now. Hopefully they're thinking long-term. I would find signing him for six or seven years. What more frankly. could he, what more could he do this season? Given all of the, the terrible things that have happened this season, the bad luck they've run into them just being bad in general. What more do you need to see from Sam Reinhart before you sign him to a six year deal or a seven year deal? Like you said, I mean, there's literally nothing more he could do. He has been their best forward all season long and, and now you're finding out that he has position flexibility that literally could help change the direction of the franchise. And that's honestly not putting it likely because they still haven't had a second line center. Yeah. Um, so they, it, so kind of went on from that, obviously I agree with the Reinhardt points. Uh, people, multiple people have pointed out the idea of Eichel, Reinhardt and cousins down the middle next year. So one of the other things I'm looking for at the end of the season is cousins coming back and, playing well cousins i think we've 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 both liked cousins so far and i think he's he's generally done pretty well there's some weird kind of i don't want to say overrating but weird kind of talk around him pretty much after that fight which uh preceded a like 18 game losing streak when he got in the fight i don't even remember what team that was against now honestly but people mm-hmm. talking about that being a leadership thing and we've talked about that already it was really dumb but it was it was like him being like the leader on the team and stuff like that, or like his, his franchise, it's like he does only have four goals this year. I know he's been hurt twice now, but like, and this is a bad team, and he's only nineteen. But like again, he's he he might end the season with fewer than ten points. And I'm not saying that's like a huge indictment. Points aren't everything. He's he's, he's succeeded in multiple ways, but like, it kind of helps to score when you're a forward, or help other people score. So I, I would like to see that. I mean, I'm not going to bash the guy. He's obviously the best first-round pick they've had since Eichel. But, man, I I would like to see a little bit more. I'd like to see him, like, get better over the course of the season and be more involved again and obviously be healthy. That's the biggest thing. If he's not healthy, then whatever, I guess. Don't play him. Uh, and then another one, I think this, this one's pretty obvious too, but, like, we need to see Darlene do a lot more. I know he's been better these past few games, but we need to see a lot from Darlene in this this last little stretcher. Otherwise, I don't know what kind of contact he's looking he's going to be looking at for next season. I mean, that that's going to be a, a big topic for the summer. I have no idea how that's going to turn out, 
Yeah, and then other than that, I like—I mean, Allmark. I would almost compare this. It's not quite the same. Allmark's performance to Ryan Miller in 2013-14. That team was worse, and Miller was probably better. Was definitely better. <laughs> uh, but yeah, what else are you looking for? Well, just a couple of your points there too. I think on Cousins. You're right that he is the best first round pick that they've had since Eichel. And I think that in watching him in his rookie season, it's completely different from a middle stat or a Nylander because with them, as I had kind of alluded to before, they always seemed like they were like a step behind a little bit. Whereas with cousins, I mean, he looks like at least he belongs out there and he has the speed. He has the size. He has the smarts. He makes a lot of good plays, a lot of sound plays, especially for a rookie as well. However, with that being said, though, for him and the amount of talent that he has and just, I guess, the general weight that's kind of put on his shoulders, yeah, 100%, you want to see him score more points than he has. I don't think that that's an unfair thing to ask of him, you know, because it's not like you're saying, oh, my God, this guy's a failure. He's a bust, whatever. No, it's not that. I mean, he's looked good and he looks like he belongs and he looks like he will end up being a good player, but it's still not too much to ask to want to see a little bit more production from, from him out of that. Darlene, totally agree. I think that we've really seen him take some strides over the past few games. I think he's made a lot of plays. He's probably made more kind of like eyebrow raising. Wow. What a play kind of moments over the past five or six games than he maybe did the entire first 30 some that he had played this season. Um, yep. And I'm definitely, I mean, you need to see that. That needs to be like sustained where every night we're getting, we're seeing plays like that. And you're seeing his creativity break out a little bit more. Yeah. To me, I mean, I think that a lot of things are are kind of a lost cause when it comes to this season. Um, but in terms of what's most important the rest of the way, I think Cousins, I would probably place third. I agree. But the top two for me and really the only things that, honestly matter to me at this point in terms of looking ahead to next season's team is Darlene's development and how he looks the rest of the way. And then if Reinhardt is going to end up panning out at center, it, it is, it cannot be overstated how critically important it is that both of those things work out. Should the Sabres want to see any semblance of success. Otherwise though, things I'm at least looking at, I mean, middle stat, I think is a huge one because they don't really have they and they haven't had a good bottom six. They've had plenty of bottom six forwards over the past decade, but they really have not had a good one. And Middlestad seems like he could be the kind of guy that would help you have a good, productive, creative, you know, opportunity generating bottom six. So very interested to see how he's going to play out. Tage, I'm pretty over. I mean, I could take it or leave it at this point. I don't think that he's going to be anything of consequence one way or another. And, you know, his his cap hit is so low that it doesn't really bother me that much. But at the same time, I, I have ultimately like no expectations for him. Um, I think Bryson is another person, another player, too, who I'm really looking forward to continuing to keep an eye on solely because of the fact that, you know, as we had talked about, Montour is an obvious one to look at right now, given his contract. McCabe is potentially could be on the outs as well, but the the blue line needs to get shaken up next season in, in this off season. And if you can confidently have two replacements already in the system, waiting in the wings in Borgen and then in Bryson, which it appears to be that way. Um, I mean, that's huge. It, it's, it's a cost saving measure. It'll save you money because again, you're going to be handing out contracts to Darlene and Reinhardt. 
And I think that if I think Bryson can end up being a really, really nice player. So hopefully, uh, you know, he'll continue to keep playing while, um, you know, he's working through a lot of rookie growing pains and everything, but his speed is something that I think is really, really attractive to me just in terms of the, the mold of the defenseman that I want on the team, especially in terms of like a bottom pair guy like that. So Bryson, I'm really looking for, uh, going to be keeping an eye on. And then, I mean, otherwise I think that I can't really make a determination on much else until we get to the trade deadline so that we really know what the makeup of the team is going to be the rest of the way and into next year as well, because there could be unexpected trades that happen at the deadline as well. And Sam Reinhardt better not be a part of any of them. I hope not. Yeah. So I, uh, they have four games this week. We, you know, another busy week, it's going to be a busy, what, five weeks or so. And then that's the end of the season. Uh, hopefully they can get all their games in. I suppose we'll see. Uh, but yeah, four games this week. I believe they're, I think they're playing multiple different teams, but mm-hmm. I don't have it in front of me. I know they play the Capitals. I know they're playing the Devils again. They can play the Devils twice. Anyway, yeah. whatever. We'll find out when that happens. Should be interesting. <laughs> You'll know. Hey, yeah. I got a question for you, though. Yeah. Can I interest you in a quiz? Yes. All right, everybody. Well, we are turning the tables. Normally, Taylor gives me the quizzes, and uh, I've been slacking a little bit in terms of returning the favor, but I, I have one for you today, and it is Sabres related. Recent Sabres history, as a matter of fact. So what I want to know from you, Taylor, from 2000 to now, there have been 14 Sabres who have dressed, who have scored 100 goals as a Buffalo Sabre. Can you tell me the 14? I bet I probably can. I bet you can, too. Well, and here I thought this was going to be 14 guesses. I thought this was going to be an Easter themed quiz. Nope. All right, four, 14 guesses. Okay. Well, let me at least write this down so I keep them straight. So, sure, first excuse one. me. You know what? I apologize. It's actually there are 13 forwards or 13 players who have scored 100 goals for the Sabres from 2000 till now. All right. Well, and I'm one note just... that I will make is as like a kind of a hint, and it really only applies to two guys technically or three guys technically no actually four wow four guys that they could have played into the 90s and that still counts but if they dress for the sabers in the 2000s and in the time that they were a saber they scored 100 goals okay well let's start with shatan correct uh and then so another one i think this almost definitely is a fennegetoff that is correct yes all right so going back that to that time period <sighs> this is I'm going to pass on that one because that seems like it might be close. So I'm going to say Curtis Brown. Curtis Brown, three for three. Very nice. 109 goals. And this is 100 points since 2000? No, since no, 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 no. 100 goals. Right, goals, scored. goals, goals, yeah. 100 goals scored since 2000, though? They played on the Sabres in the 2000, 2000s and on, yes. And they have 100 goals. They could have played in the 90s. Right, but the goal. But to be honest, goals. you already got, you have three of the four guys who played in the 90s and in the 2000s who are considered here. Haven't I only said two people or no? Oh, because I said it, Brown, if I finally got off in Chatan, right? Yes. Okay. So here's the thing, though, I'm wondering is a hundred goal, the hundred goals have to have happened after January 1st, 2000, or the hundred goals could happen at any time? Could happen at any time as long as oh, they okay. play for the team. All right. So then I have to think the other one would be Pekka. 
Incorrect. He didn't have 100 goals as a saber? Man. Mm-mm. Wow. No, Damn. sir. Surprising. All right. Uh, yeah, very surprising. Eichel. Eichel is correct. Yes, that's four. Four for five. Reinhardt. Yes. Okay. Vanek. Of course. Pominville. Of course. Roy. Of course. Hmm. So, you know what? I'm going to say no on Drury and Briere because they weren't here that long. You would be correct. I will tell you that much. Uh, I don't think any defenseman would be also close. correct. Yeah. So let's see. I have uh, eight guys right now, eight of yep. nine. So I have four guesses left. Yep. I can give hmm. you hints too, if needed. Well, I'll, be, I'll try to do the guesses. Okay. You should be able to get them except <laughs> yeah. one of them is kind of tougher, but you should be able to get it. Interesting. Okay. So hmm. O'Reilly only played three years. So no one O'Reilly Kane wasn't even here for three years and he was hurt all the time. So no one him too. So with the current team, I think I'm kind of all set. Yes, you are. And with recent past, let's see here. Oh, they didn't score on the Tanks game. Man, this is probably, this is going to be very close, but I think it might be. Is it Tyler Ennis? No, incorrect. Man, he must be close. He's got to be. Yeah, he loved oh, the you know what, Taylor? twice. There what? actually are 14. There are 14. I apologize. So you get an extra guess. Oh, okay. Hmm. Okay. So what am I? Eight for 10? Yes. Eight for 10. So you have four more guesses. Okay. Hmm. I'll tell you this much. Oh, go ahead. I did. I guess Dumont. You did not, but that is correct. Dumont. Yeah. Yeah, I thought he'd be close. That was, that's, he was not here all that long. Yep. Yeah. The closest of the ones still. I will tell you this, you still have two guys who scored their or who played for the team in the 90s and into the 2000s. Ooh, okay. And they're kind of trickier ones too. Hint hint, both of them are unique. Unique, unique. Okay. Interesting. Well, it's interesting because those teams didn't score, so <laughs> and their their second best forward was Michael Pekka, who's apparently not on here. Apparently not. Maybe best forward. He was a Selkie winner. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we got Shatan out of the way. So 90s into the 2000s. So like that's way too late for like guys like Andertruck, Hines, Gilmore, all those guys. Oh, wait. Okay. Andertruck. Because it's not 100 goals after 2000. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Andertruck. Uh, and then Audette. Donald Audette, very nice. Yes, yeah. those were the two unique ones because they came back in uh, the 2000-2001 season after being Sabres predominantly. Well, in Andrew Chuck's case, he was there from 82 to 93 and Audette, 92 98. So, yes, so you have, I believe, what, two more guesses? I do. So that's that puts me at 11 of – wait, no. Wait, 10? Yeah, 10. You've only gotten you've gotten two wrong, so you're ten for twelve right now with two more guesses. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see here. So I think those ones are. That's the end of those kind of ones. Interesting. Nineties into the two thousands, though. So those are those wouldn't be nineties into the two thousands. Well, I guess they would be. What are you gonna do? All right. Yep. Let's you got here. two more left that you gotta you gotta get. 
Okay. There's probably someone kind of obvious I'm missing. But I have to imagine there's a good amount of guys that are just like right around 100, which is, I guess, probably where Ennis is. But like, like Gergensen's wouldn't be close. Molson, he really petered out fast. Oh, man. This team, uh, this team stinks at scoring. True. It's no good. No good at scoring. Oh, hmm. This guy would be close because he's only here for a few years. But I don't remember if there's any more of these kinds of guys. But Stu Barnes? Incorrect. And all right, my last guess. Let's throw out a name here. Hmm. Well, you know what? I love him. I, t- I have two, two names in mind, but I'm going to throw out this guy because we love him. He's great. We miss him. We think about him every day. Vaklav Verada. Wow. Incorrect. Yeah. He, he we love Vaklav Verada, though. We really do. All right. So I got uh, 10 of them. You did. Yes. I will go backward or we'll go from present to farthest back. Jack Eichel, Sam Reinhardt, Drew Stafford, Thomas Vanek, Jason Pominville, Derek Roy, Jokin Hesh. Ah, oh, Hesh. Yep. Alesh Kotalik. Kotalik had 114. Wow, 100 goals, huh? Yep. JP Dumont, Maxima Finneganov. Miro Shatan, Curtis Brown, Donald Audette, and Dave Anderchuk. Wait, so I, I missed Stafford. Uh, Staff, wait, we just, you just read him. Which ones did I miss? Stafford. Stafford, Hash, Kotalik. And then. Oh, maybe you got 11 right. Who am I missing then? Actually, I did get eleven right. I have I have them written down here. Yeah. Yeah. You have a, so you got eleven to fourteen. Oh, okay. But I did fifteen guesses. By That's okay. Yeah. We'll let it wow. slide this time. Tyler Ennis had ninety-seven goals as a saber. That's crazy. What's Pekka's number? Yeah, I'm gonna look that up. That is genuinely stunning. Maybe unless somebody unless the stat like the thing I'm looking at's messed up. Let's take a look. Ninety-six. Wow! Come on. He played for the Sabres for only five years, though. So that's that's fair because he sat out an entire season. Yeah, he was close. He had 11, 20, 18, 27 and 20. Yep. And then obviously sat out 2000, 2001 and went to the Islanders. So if he wouldn't have sat that out, you would have been correct. Damn it. You selfish well, bastard. I know. Unbelievable. Well, Taylor, do you have any uh, last thoughts that you'd like to share before we sign off and say goodbye until Thursday? Huh? Uh, I mean, do we want to do recommendation? Yeah, sure. What do you week? got? I didn't know if you had any other saber slots, but yeah, what do you have for your recommendation for the oh, week? Oh man, no, I don't have any more saber slots. I'm all saber slotted up. I won't have good. any until Wednesday night. Nice. But I mean, if they keep winning, I honestly, I'll say this: if they keep winning, that's a tremendous bit. Like if they like finish the year like on like a like if this is like a huge point streak after not you know after having three points across eighteen games. And they like they they would obviously still be bad. They might even with a hot streak, or they might still finish last overall. But like that'd be very funny, tremendously yeah. funny, great stuff. Uh, so as far as recommendation goes, uh, I'm gonna go with Blood Simple, which I just saw for the first time. What's that? It's Co- Coen Brothers' debut film from hmm. 1984. Very interesting. It's very Coen Brothers. I mean, they just immediately have this. Uh, this style and they're just a sophistication. I think they were like 25 years to one. They're like 25 and 28 when they made it. 
and it's 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 a fantastic film it's a little bit less funny than a lot of their later stuff but like still kind of has a humor to it and i liked it a lot i liked it a good amount so it was good very nice very good all right, I'm going to go with an album and I will go with one that I was actually recently listening to fairly recently. That's a, a great listen for anybody who's into alt indie music of uh, the 2010s. But Young the Giants debut album, self-titled. Uh, they actually, during the pandemic, did a really cool live stream of them playing the album all the way through. Yeah, we but watched it together. We did watch it together. That's right. Yeah. And uh, really, really great. I mean, everybody knows the song Cough Syrup, which is was the uh, lead single from that album. But uh, yeah, I was listening to it recently. A lot of really great songs. Apartment, which is a great opener. Strings, 12 Fingers. Those are some of my, my favorites. But uh, yeah, I love that. And I think that Samir, the, the lead singer of Young the Giant, is probably in like the top five like best singers in rock music like today i would probably comfortably say that he's got crazy range crazy ability beautiful falsetto crazy good rock voice he's he's just so good at what he does so definitely check out young the giant if you're not too familiar and you're looking for some good new music who is your random sabers player of the episode i'm gonna go with the person i didn't guess when i had two people to the quiz i'm gonna go with jeff sanderson jeff oh were you thinking about adding him yeah i was thinking about guessing him instead of verada but i'm gonna look this up now i bet sanderson was not here long enough to even come close because he got picked off in the expansion yeah draft. he was only for a little bit i mean it wasn't very much um yeah all right, well no, he wasn't even close he had 29 goals here good lord what? yeah that's definitely not even close um, all right, well, I'm going to go with uh, another fellow who is on this list of Sabres to score 100 career goals with the team. And I'm going to say Rick Sealing for my pick for today. Nice. All right, everybody. Well, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres. Thank you all so much for tuning in. This podcast is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics, the Hockey Podcast Network, where you have 31 teams, 31 shows, plus a bunch of amazing additional content out there for your listening pleasure. Make sure you're checking it all out on the hockeypodcastnetwork.com and on social media at hockeypodnet on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Head to your streaming platform of choice and make sure you're subscribed to our podcast along with the Hockey Podcast Network and any of our other fellow podcasts that might interest you if you're looking to get any additional dose of NHL news from around the league. Otherwise, make sure you're also checking out Buffalo Fanatics as we're drawing closer to the draft and with the offseason being in full swing. Buffalo Fanatics is where it's at for all your Bills coverage, so make sure you're checking them out at thebuffalofanatics.com, checking out all their podcasts and checking out all of their incredible social media personalities that they have as well where they do really, really good film breakdown, especially lately. One of the things that I've been at least really enjoying is their work with a lot of the draft prospects and familiarizing you there. So make sure you're following them and checking them out. Make sure you're following us too at Straight Sabers on Facebook and on Instagram and at, or excuse me, on Twitter and then at Straight Up Sabers on Facebook and Instagram. And make sure you're also subscribing to us on your streaming platform of choice. And in addition to that, check us out on Twitter as well. You could find me at Brendan, B R E N D A N 1423. And you could find Taylor at Nigrelli 93. Once again, everybody, this has been another episode of Straight Up Sabres. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Have a great rest of your week.